Let's face it, being a homeschooling mom who also works from home can be pure chaos. As you've probably already noticed, despite the occasional laugh track, life isn't a sitcom, and everyday struggles are rarely resolved in 30 minutes with commercial breaks to keep your sanity in check. So the right strategies and mindset are vital for becoming more productive and less overwhelmed with all the things life throws at us. Enter the Simply Freeing Podcast. Episodes for the highly passionate, busy, work-at-home, homeschooling mama ready to break away from cultural norms and raise lifelong learners. So let's kick stress to the curb, throw chaos out the door, and order in some peace and simplicity with a cup of coffee or three. Today on the podcast, I have Sarah Gibson on. She is a functional medicine practitioner and a health and wellness coach. And we are going to talk about brain fog today. So hi, Sarah. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about the episode. Yeah. So uh, when you reached out to me initially about brain fog, I was like, this is perfect because I've talked about this on and off for a while. And from my understanding, My doctor has said that brain fog has to do many times with moms because of a lack of sleep. So I want to clarify what brain fog is and what the symptoms usually are, because I think as moms, especially moms that are having very little kids and their sleep is affected, um, we just, I just want to clear up what exactly it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I can completely relate because I had four kids in four years and literally did not sleep for six years. So (laughs) brain fog was very near and dear to my heart at that time. But it's honestly so much more than just like not sleeping and kind of having difficulties concentrating the next day. Brain fog isn't technically a medical diagnosis. Like it's not something you can go to your doctor and they say, oh yes, you check all the boxes. I did these labs, you have brain fog. So it's really difficult to kind of treat and and understand what's going on because there's no test for it really. But when we talk about brain fog, what we're talking about is a collection of symptoms. So it just, symptoms are just the way for the body to communicate with us and tell us that just something, we just need to fix something, like something's not exactly right. So it can be anything, all of these things, none of these, or one of these things, but it's like memory problems, like, you know, the typical forgetfulness, like, oh, I forgot my keys. I, my coffee's on top of my car, you know, mom things. Um, it can be a lack of like mental clarity. Like you just can't think clearly. And some of that can even be looking for words or searching for something be like, oh, what was the name of that person or that store that I wanted to go to? Um, It can be a difficulty in concentration and focus, like you're trying to work on a project and your mind is just wandering. Um, It can be just feeling like mentally fatigued, like at the end of the day, your brain is just shut off, like you cannot think, like I'm done thinking, I've reached my thinking threshold. And it can even be things like difficulty planning and organizing. Um, But, you know, recently it actually has been more of an acute thing for people because oftentimes brain fog is something that may be like episodic, like they didn't sleep well, or you have a new baby and it's just this temporary thing and you know, it's related to sleep and then you, you know, get your sleep back on track and it goes away. 
Um, but recently with COVID, it's actually been much more difficult um, as a long-term side effect. And I've actually been seeing a lot of patients in the office who didn't even know that they had COVID, like maybe just a very, very mild form, but for like six to nine months afterwards, really, really struggled with finding words and being able to concentrate and their memory um, to the point where some of them actually had to go on disability from it. So that's, but that's but what we mean. It's a, it's a spectrum of, of complaints. It all fa falls under like brain memory concentration. It can be mild or severe and linked to something, or you just don't know what's going on. So. So would you say for a mom that has had very little sleep for five years, for example, is that something that if you have experiencing brain fog, does that mean that that's where it comes from? Is it just the sleep? If you're lack so sleep, like if you don't get a full straight seven or eight hours, is there like a certain amount of hours that you would say is different for every person or Sure. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because as moms, oftentimes we just ignore our own symptoms and just say, oh, it's probably just sleep or it's probably because I'm stressed or whatever. Um, and we're very terrible. And I will include myself in this. Like we're terrible about focusing on ourselves and really correcting problems because you're just so busy and so many demands and everyone needs you to do different things. So it, it's very difficult to kind of take the time and evaluate what's going on in your own body and determining if it's something that needs to change. And for a lot of, of women who have small children or have recently had a baby, um, it's not just the lack of sleep. You're also getting a lot of hormonal changes with that as well. I mean, you just gave birth, you're having, you know, ebbs and flows of estrogen and progesterone and you're nursing and, um, you know, you just assume that that's what it is. Um, but brain fog from a medical standpoint, like you really do have to dive a little bit deeper because it can be a lot of different medical conditions like thyroid problems. It can be like, you know, um, just something as like crazy as a side effect of a medication. It can be a symptom of depression or anxiety. Um, and these I'm talking about like medical diagnoses. And of course, there's always the scarier things like a brain tumor or something like that. So it's never a bad idea just to go to your medical provider and say, hey, listen, like, I think it's just this normal thing, but I am a little bit concerned. Can I just talk with you about what this, what, like what I'm experiencing? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, once you rule out those bad things or the things that you're really concerned about, then your medical provider will say, oh, it's just momming. Um, but there are a lot of things that fall under the momming umbrella that you can actually target and treat and, and feel better doing so. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. I think that when I experienced that, it was a little bit, a couple of years ago, the sleep thing came up and, it, you know, it was kind of brushed off as that sleep. And, mm -hmm. but every once in a while, it still comes back for myself. Um, but I think mine has a lot to do with um, morning. Like it might be an anxiety thing in the morning too. Um, it takes me a while to get going in the morning. Like, and it does, and it also depends on what I eat at night, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's very interesting that you say that because, um, 
it is you're saying like the things that you've done, like, oh, I ate late at night and then I have a difficult time kind of getting going in the morning. So that can be related specifically to um, your insulin and glucose levels. So one of the things that will cause like brain fog or that mid-afternoon slump or that difficulty in the morning is eating patterns. Um, so just, you know, a lot of times with moms, we just kind of grab things on the go, which is fine. You can still do that. Um, but if you're grabbing things that are, um, stabilizing your blood sugar throughout the day, um, it will actually give you more energy and more like mental clarity because our brains function function on glucose. Like that's just how it is. So if you eat sugar, like immediately it's turned into glucose and your body can use it and your brain can use it for thinking and functioning and all those good things. But the problem is then you get a severe drop if you're eating something that's high in sugar and then your body produces insulin to kind of stabilize it. And then you get this massive drop. Well, then your brain all of a sudden doesn't have that glucose available and starts to shut down. Hmm. So it's, it's super common. Like you can understand how that would happen if it's related to like food and things like that. And if you eat late at like too close to bed or late at night, it's very interesting because your, your metabolic process slows. And so you'll get like a spike of glucose, like right as you start to go to sleep, but then it'll increase until like two or three in the morning. And then it can start to drop you know, but much, much of a longer curve and metabolism curve than if you had eaten something during the day. And so when you wake up in the morning, it can either be that your glucose levels are really low. And so your body just has a hard time waking up. Um, and, and that's how it could be related specifically to what you're eating and your eating pattern. Um, and then, but it's, and then also like as moms, like you said, sleep, sleep is something that Sure. They say on average, like seven to nine hours, but you can actually break it down significantly less than that into just 90 minute cycles. Um, And that just follows just the natural circadian rhythms. You go through all of these different cycles of sleep. I'm sure like a lot of people have heard of REM sleep and the light sleep and deep sleep and there's different stages. Um, But if for moms and new moms, if you can at least get one out, one like three or four hour solid sleep window and then make up that remaining seven to nine hours in like 90 minute segments, you normally can do pretty well with brain function um, because you're not putting additional like stress. I mean, obviously it's optimal to get seven to nine hours, but as a new mom, like when you put the baby down for a nap, baby's going to sleep for like two hours. If you even just take, you know, 30 minutes to just decompress or do whatever you need to do and 90 minutes of your own time to sleep. That's enough to add to your overall 24 hour sleep cycle and your sleep requirement. And that can help significantly with brain fog too. I'm sure that gives people a little bit of relief because, you know, I've never heard of sleep in 90 minute increments at night, but you you take what you can get when you have little. So yeah, absolutely. So Um, and another thing is dehydration. So especially you new moms, young moms, you know, you oftentimes are running around and not really thinking about water and just consuming water, but our brains have a huge amount of water in them. 
excuse me, and they actually will like shrivel up a little bit if we're not drinking enough. So even just something as simple as having a water bottle that you carry around with you or a timer on your clock, or every time you're like feeding the baby, you're chugging a glass of water, like just something to just get some, some increased water in um, can help significantly with like that new mom or young, not sleeping mom brain fog. So this is very helpful. All of this is such good information. <laughs> so if someone is listening to this episode and they have experienced any of the symptoms that you said, what would you recommend that they do? Do you have any um, supplements or anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of what I do is working with women that have these like symptoms of aging or these vague symptoms that their medical providers like, oh, your labs are fine. You don't have to worry about it. And so I, I love working with them to kind of figure out the why, like, why is, why is the brain fog happening in you? And what are simple things that we can do to fix that? So, um, you know, there are many different causes for brain fog. And so I'll, I'll send you the link. We can put it in the bio, but I have um, an article that I have on my blog just about brain fog that goes through like some of the causes and how to troubleshoot some of those things um, just in an easy, simple way. And, um, and then I also, there are certain supplements that can help. And again, I don't just like to do blanket statements like this is what everybody needs to do because everyone's case is so individual and their lifestyles are different and what work may work for one person just doesn't work for someone else. And, you know, anytime you're making a change, I love just making a small change and turning it into habits. So, you know, simple things like I already mentioned, like just sleeping, you know, even if you can't get a seven to nine hour stretch, just sleeping in 90 minute segments. And if you need to troubleshoot sleeping, then, and, you know, because your child is sleeping, but maybe you have issues with like stress management or, and your cortisol levels are crazy or hormone imbalance as you're aging, then there's certain supplements to target that. And because stress can cause brain fog, you know, depression, like if you go through, you know, um, a death of a family member, a, a divorce, a job change, like something like that, um, that can even cause brain fog. Um, some of the, the vitamins or supplements that are just in general great for women to take and do really help significantly with brain health are number one, are, are B vitamins, like B complex vitamins. You can get great complex vitamins for not a lot of money. Take one in the morning and things that they do not only to boost energy, but they actually work in your body to protect those nerve connections and with the nerve pathways. And they help to like increase and improve brain processing. So B vitamins are just great. Um, I always say to my, my patients, like if you take one B vitamin, just, you know, a highly absorbable, good one, and it's turning your pee, like that fluorescent color, like that's good because you are, you're absorbing enough of them that they can pee out. And of course there are certain supplements that are better than others. And I have links to some of those, but, um, but so that's an easy thing to do. Um, inflammation, a lot of times, um, autoimmune processes or inflammation from stress or after having COVID, um, inflammation just is going crazy in your body. And that can really contribute to memory and focus problems and forgetfulness. And so taking vitamin D 
is a great way to combat that specifically. Um, I recommend like five to 10,000 units of vitamin D, again, quality vitamin D with vitamin K so you can absorb it. Um, but that will significantly decrease inflammation. And like incidentally, it has shown that people with elevated vitamin D levels or who are taking vitamin D supplements um, have almost no like COVID symptoms. Like they don't even realize it. So it's more than just COVID. It helps with your heart. It helps with your skin and bones and all these good things. So, um, so I like to recommend vitamin D. Um, and just like a, a good quality multivitamin, um, just to kind of make sure that you're supplementing all the things that your body needs. Um, and then there's a brain supplement. There's, there's two, but one that I really like that's, that's called L-theanine. Um, that is something that actually, if you're really suffering from like poor focus concentration, it's a, it's something sudden and it may be related to COVID or a, a, something that's happening in your body. Um, it actually improves memory and it actually prevents like, it like protects the brain from additional harm or impairment. Um, and it actually increases your GABA, your serotonin and your dopamine. So it kind of gives you that feel good boost. Um, and then it regulates like concentration, helps increase alertness, and um, it also controls appetite. So if you, you know, kind of are like all over the place, all you're doing is craving like sugar and carbs, that's because you're just not fueling your body with the, like the sustained glucose, you know, foods, um, like protein and fiber and, and things that are boring to eat, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but that, you know, if you're finding yourself craving things a lot, you know, that it can actually help to stabilize that as well. So yeah, there are a lot of really good things to do. And I, I just, like I said, I like to provide resources on my website so that um, people can go find the information. Um, you know, I have some links to supplements that I use, um, that I use through a company that you can only get as a prescriber, but I pass that along. Like I just say, use my prescriber code, get it at like a very reasonable price. And I know that it's third-party tested. There's no heavy metals in it. It's absorbed in your body. It's FDA approved, all of those good things. So I feel very comfortable, you know, recommending good products to people rather than just expensive urine. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So thank you. So I will add everything to the show notes. So, um, so if anyone is experiencing any of these symptoms or wants to learn more, they can check it out. So you also are a health and wellness coach for, for moms that are aging, right? Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah. So I help, I help women like thrive with aging and, you know, really the reason is because when you're younger and you're momming and doing all of the things, you know, you can kind of keep up with high stress and not really focusing too much on yourself. Um, and then something happens around 35, 40, 45, where you start getting these weird symptoms like brain fog and weird, like weight redistribution and, or weight gain, um, and you're like, okay, I'm not doing anything differently than I always did. Why is this happening? And so I really help women through that change because a lot of times um, they're told by their medical providers, again, that everything's fine. Like your labs look fine. Don't worry about it. It's just part of getting older. Um, but they just 
they don't like that answer. Like they want to get better. They want to focus on their health and nutrition. Their kids are getting older, you know, they don't, they're, you know, more independent. So at that stage, women then start having the uh, availability of time and resources to focus on themselves and kind of get back to, you know, getting in shape and eating well and focusing on their mental health and stress management. So that's really um, what I do. And so, um, you know, I have things on my website, like 25 ways to quickly boost energy, like just a free like checklist that people can get. Um, I have a seven day jumpstart, which just starts the process of like, okay, I'm just looking for an easy way to start eating in a way that supports like healthy metabolism and boosts energy and maintains that glucose level, um, maintains my good weight, you know, and then home exercises you can do right in your living room, no fancy equipment, like 15 minutes or less, just incorporate movement. And a lot of my moms actually have their kids join them. And it's like a family movement uh, time. It's, it's easy. It's fun. And I, I hear a lot of women saying like, I asked my kids to come and do this with me. And then I skipped a day and they were all like, mom, we didn't do our exercises. So it's like your own little support group, which is awesome. Um, and then just hacks to like build habits you know, just starting simply, we're not focusing on like getting ripped in 10 days. It's listen, we're improving 1% every day, you know, and just even if you do one push up every single day, at the end of that 365 days, you've done 365 push ups. you know, it's, it, it adds up. And so just giving moms the freedom to be kind on themselves and know that just one push-up is good enough and helping them build on those habits in a way that is totally doable with a stressful, busy schedule. Um, and I have a 28-day t- program where I actually walk you through it. I do live coaching. I have a supportive like Facebook book group and all of these things. So um, yeah, feel free to check all of that out. I love being a resource. I love helping women. I don't want women to go through like all of this alone and have to suffer and not get the answers they're looking for. Um, And as a medical provider, like my answers are based in like science and what's actually happening in the body. And, you know, I already did all the hard like education and medical journal research and all that stuff. So I can just spit it out in an easy way (laughs) for women to understand and feel like, just tell me what to do. Here's why I'm doing it. Great. And then, you know, it just takes all the thinking out of it. Yeah. So I think that's the most challenging part is everything just feels overwhelming when you don't feel good. And, you know, there's, it's very hard. And I think a lot of moms give up, turn to binge eating or feel like because they can't go to the gym that they're not exercising, you know, instead of incorporating little bits of movement. I just had a conversation this morning with my husband about, I saw him doing 30 pushups. He does 30 pushups a day. And I started doing them with him. And then I mentioned, I want to join the gym again. And he's like, will you stop, stop trying to go to the gym, just do this every day. And it's like, it just doesn't feel like enough because I always think I, I love the gym, but it's hard to get there with all the busyness. So it's hard. Yeah. And I think as moms too, like we have this, we put this pressure on ourselves to like, just be extreme. Like if I'm not, you know, like sweating and, you know, working out two hours a day that I didn't do anything. And like, 
sure, you can get back to that at some point, but every stage of your life just looks differently. You know, it's, you know, you're going through a new job or a new baby or, you know, your kids, everybody, you know, I used to think when, I, when my kids were younger, like, oh, I'll have tons of time when they're in school. No, I don't. I do not have tons of time. They're all in school. Someone's forgetting their lunchbox or their iPad or, you know, while they're in school, I'm running to the dentist for myself. <laughs> like, I do not have tons of time <laughs> and I'm working, you know, all of those things. So, um, you know, it's it, even just setting up the um, habit of like controlling your calendar, you know, or taking those just 20 minutes for yourself. You can get a great home workout in, in just 20 minutes where you're sweating and, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You can just use, you know, like soup cans, you can use a resistance band, you can just use your body weight. Like it doesn't have to be crazy. And I love that your husband is there with you. Like he's already doing it. Um, and I think also as moms by us doing exercises at home and meal planning and, and like doing meal stuff at home, we're demonstrating that like health and wellness to our children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think even just reframing it, like, oh, if I don't go to the gym, I'm not working out. Just reframe it to by working out at home and like taking care of my exercise for the day. I'm being a great example to my kids and I'm getting them involved in it and I'm helping them build lifetime health and wellness habits. And that's, that's a wonderful thing as mom to be able to teach your children. Yeah. And especially a lot of my listeners are homeschool moms. We have very limited time, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I like that you said when my kids are in school, I think I'm going to have all this time. There's it's always the grass is greener. We, you know, when we, when homeschool moms feel frustrated and want their, want to send their kids back to school, it doesn't mean you're going to have more time. It just means you're going to oh. have things, something else to do. So yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I think too, just taking those little breaks, cause I homeschooled my kids for two years, um, all through the pandemic. And I, <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, mommy needs a break. Everyone let's go do jumping jacks because we all just needed to like change our focus and move our bodies and get the blood flowing and, you know, just do something fun uh, so that we didn't go crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for, for coming on. It's been so great to connect with you and I look forward to airing this episode and I hope that it's helpful for everyone listening. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, friends, I now have some spots open for homeschooling clarity calls. I know from experience how much your mindset as a homeschooling mom can make or break your homeschool. I also know that if you feel overwhelmed with homeschooling, unfortunately, your kids can sense it. If you're a current homeschooling mom that's feeling overwhelmed or a brand new homeschooling mom on the fence about beginning, these clarity calls are for you. There are so many different options out in the world around homeschooling philosophies, curriculum and scheduling, and it's so common to overthink the way your homeschool is set up because of that. If you find yourself feeling like you want to give up, need someone to help you with accountability, scheduling and organizing your day based on your children's needs in light of your family's priorities, 
or if you're someone that loves the idea of a laid-back, unschooling lifestyle but are struggling with opinionated family members or thoughts of, I'm going to fail them, these Clarity Calls are designed in a way to give you some major breakthroughs in your mindset and help you take the right actions going forward. Homeschooling is amazing, and if you are feeling anything other than excitement about what the future holds for your kids, I can promise to make homeschooling feel simpler and lighter for you going forward. I will add a link to the show notes with all the details. There will be a questionnaire that you would have to fill out before our call so that I don't waste a moment of your time. And as always, you can email me, Jackie, at whole with any questions. I'll see you next time, friends.